Blog Talk Radio. It's that time again. Time for some real talk about real issues to enhance your real life. Whatever you think, whatever you know, whatever you feel, Tanya doesn't mind talking about it. Get ready for some talk that is always rated to R. Because talk with Tanya has got to be relevant. Talk with Tanya has got to be refreshing. But most importantly, talk with Tanya has got to be real. Tune in right now for real talk with Tanya White. Difficulty, but I see Block Talk has gotten it all together. Welcome once again. I am so ecstatic that today is Thursday. As always, I love talking and sharing with you. And we have come to the end of the road for our We've Got Love on Our Mind theme month. We have been talking about relationships all month long, how to have healthy relationships, and we have had some phenomenal guests. Before I get into the wrap-up of the month, I want to say hello to everyone who's logging in on the chat room right now. Mo Blue, guest 3015, how elegant, and all those that will be joining us. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so grateful to have our expanding friend circle of 1,269, I believe, we have now. Uh, Real Talk friends, and we want to give some shout-outs to our new friends, uh, Tracy uh, Inside Out, The Black Comedy Show, uh, Tashombi and Tyora Moody. We want to say hello to some familiar friends such as uh, Karen L.K., God's Ordinary People, Mike Mitchell Media, Spike Spielberg, Curvy Queen, and, of course, the man who makes me sound like the star that he says I am, TC of JFJ Live, who does that phenomenal job with the intro. Um As I said, we have had some phenomenal topics this February. We have been talking about relationships all month, and we kicked it off with relationship reruns based on my book of the same title, and we had a power-packed show that night. Hassani Pettiford talked to us about the sex games that men and women play. Talaya Stovall shared the different doors uh, that women become in unhealthy relationships. The Loveologist, Blog Talk's own phenomenal relationship expert, came and answered some difficult relationship questions that were sent in from our uh, listeners. And let me tell you, he did not hold anything back. And uh, my incredible, incredible co-host, Danielle Jersey, helped me uh, share in the hosting responsibility, and she did an incredible job. And check her show out called The Incredible Moment. Uh, that will begin in April, and we will have more information about that. And then the next week, uh, February 12th, we had a little technical difficulties, but we still got an hour in, and we had our lovable co-host, Lothario Boyd, who helped me share in that, the author of The Man's Guide to Finding the Perfect Mate. We had a, a hour discussion with Toy Ward, and we broke uh, and discussed the controversy of Beyonce's a song, Single Ladies, and we shared some light and insight on that. But you can still check that show out. It was about an hour, and we did a reschedule, and we had that reschedule this Tuesday. And let me tell you, Lothario Boyd, who's going to be on her again, he 
broke down the four, four categories that men put women in. I knew about three of them, but he just gave us some insight and took me to another whole level with that fourth one. So check that show out from Tuesday night. Uh, It was entitled, Are You Crazy in Love? And then last Thursday was phenomenal. Uh, We talked about becoming engaged and building magnificent marriages. And my, 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 if you never, ever thought about getting married or having a healthy uh, marriage after you listen to that show, you will be inspired and encouraged to do what you have to do to make love last forever. We had Cheryl Thomas. She is the author of the fantastic book, Becoming Engaged. Uh, Christine Pimbleton, she has a blog talk show on here, The Christian Wives Club. And also Cece Matela joined us. You know her from the hit TV show Girlfriends, and she is a girlfriend's girlfriend because she keeps it real. She kept it real last week, and uh, we're going to have her back. I'm going to ask the her to co-host with me on something because she has some knowledge that I need to hear, and I know you do too. And also we had Benny Cross, the author of Being Married and Loving It, uh, last week. And tonight we have another phenomenal show. But let me say uh, thank you and a special kudos. All month long we have had a special much love moment with, I call them, Blog Talk's own power couple, Shelby and British Hill, and they have been wrapping up every show with some words of inspiration and encouragement about how to spread and have much love in your marriage, in your dating, or just in your life. And we have been thoroughly blessed, and we are working on something right now, and I'm going to keep it a secret, but we're going to work on something with that where they can come back uh, at least once a month and share with Real Talk. But we are excited about tonight's show. We're talking about how to find life and love again after divorce. And we, once again, have some phenomenal guests. Uh, We have Cheryl and Vaughn, the host of Unveiling the Mask, which comes on Tuesdays. And she's going to tell us specific time. I forgot. I'm so sorry, Cheryl. And, again, we have Lothario Board. They are going to share uh, divorce from the male and female perspective in our first segment, and then we're going to have Angela Smith. Uh, She is going to share her testimony uh, from her new book, Life, Dreams, and Visions, uh, and share about uh, her divorce. And uh, the reason for that was because of a down-low situation. And so that should be very interesting. I already know I'm going to have her back for a whole entire entire hour because that is such a a deep uh, uh, topic to discuss. And then in our third segment, we have Pastor T.D. and Lady Z. They're going to share how to find love uh, again and remarry after divorce. Both of them had previous marriages, and they're going to be sharing it from the Christian perspective. So once again, this show is going to be real talk about some real issues about divorce, and I believe, I trust, and I guarantee it's going to enhance your real life. So uh, sit back. Get on Twitter, get on MySpace, Facebook. Uh, Tell them to tune in right now uh, to Real Talk with Tanya White. We're going to have some hot topics. And before we bring on Lothario Boyd and uh, Sherlin, we are just going to take a brief break uh, and set the tone to talk about divorce. You know I love, love, love music, 
And uh, we're just going to set the tone with a song that I know that everybody can and will relate to. It's about divorce, y'all. So in about three minutes, we will be joined by Lothario Boyd and Sherlyn, who are on the line, ready to share. I want to know, I want 
our back. Y'all know, anybody who knows me knows that I love, love, love New Edition. And I could not find a more fitting song to kick off our show. We're talking about divorce. We all, uh, those who get married, we recite till death do us part. But with the divorce rate, almost 70%, I believe, is the last time I checked, this phrase is becoming uh, not so valid anymore. So we're talking about divorce. How do you deal with divorce? How do you mend a broken heart from a man and a female's perspective? Because men uh, hurt during divorce, too. We're going to talk about that with our first guest, uh, Mr. Lothario Boyd and Ms. Sherlyn Vaughn are going to join us and give us the perspective about divorce. Uh, Sherlyn from the female and Lothario from the male. Hello, Ms. Sherlyn and Lothario. How are you? Hello, Tanya. How are you doing? We're fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Sherilyn, are you there? How you doing, Tanya? I am fantastic. Thank you so much for being on Real Talk once again. You all are family, and y'all probably will be on her more times than you ever realize. Okay? <laughs> I look forward to it. Hey, I always love inviting people. Sherilyn, let's start with you. Tell the audience who you are in your own words uh, tonight. Um, actually, I'm a transformational speaker and coach, uh, author of Weekly Wisdom, 52 Ways to Live a More Fulfilled Life, as well as the CEO and founder of Enchanted Jewel, which is a nonprofit organization for women of sexual and domestic abuse. Okay. All righty. And Mr. Boyd, tell us who you are once again. Well, I, too, am a, um, an empowerment coach, um, you know, empower people to make uh, right choices by knowing who they are. Um, I am also uh, a single father, and I also am the author of The Man's Guide to Finding the Perfect Mate, The Art of Finding and Keeping a Lasting Relationship, because I believe that um, that as men, we don't do quite enough to pull our, our weight in the relationship re- arena. Um, I talk to I talk to other men about making good decisions um, and feeling and empowering empowering them um, through self affirmation and coming to know who they are as a man. Um, so I'm just one guy trying to um, to get a message out with every uh, resource he can. Um, you can check out the book on GibraltarPublications.com. Um, and I love, I love Tanya White. Oh, thank you, Mr. Boyd. And I did not pay him to say that. But no, that's totally unsolicited. <laughs> he is phenomenal. All my guests on here are phenomenal. Sherlyn, we've been knowing each other for years, working together. And so I love having real people on here. And we're going to talk some real talk tonight about divorce. I have never been married myself, but I know a lot of friends and family who have been married and divorced some uh, multiple times. And so I know it's a big issue. And one issue I really want us to bring out, and Lothario, this is your assignment, is to let the listeners know that divorce, men hurt too. And so oh, absolutely. We're going to talk about that tonight, and we're just going to be open. You would be willing to share whatever you want to and whatever you uh, would, uh, don't want to. But we're just going to start with uh, Sherlyn. Tell us uh, about how how uh, how long you were married and 
how did you know that your marriage was coming to an end? Actually, I was married for 13 years. Okay. I got married very young, and I knew my marriage. I had married a man who was 15 years my senior. Okay. And that go went to and that had a lot to do with playing the part of not having a father figure in the household. I knew who my father was, but he was not living in the household. My mother had me at a very young age of fifteen. So um part of that was seeking, you know, we have as little girls we need to have that strong father figure in our lives to teach us and tell us who we are. So I married a man who was 15 years my senior as well as he was a Nigerian. So there was cultural background differences mm-hmm. as well as age, major age difference. And at that particular time, he was very abusive physically, emotionally, and verbally. Mm-hmm. So it got to a point um, because I was isolated away from my family. I, I grew up in St. Louis, but I married and moved to Oklahoma City. So I'm some 900 miles away from <laughs> Uh, friends and family, and so I knew at that particular time, it got to a point to where I started working on myself, because um, I believe it comes a point in everyone's life where you ask yourself the question, is this all there is to life? Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got to be more than this, and for me, that defining moment came, I knew I deserved more. I wasn't quite sure of how much good and how much I deserved because I was still in that phase of finding myself. But I knew it had to be more than life than this. And I just decided that I wanted to live life according to my own means. And at that, I remember one particular time, the final straw for me, we were in a physical altercation. And my at that time, my daughter was two years old, and she happened to walk in. And I was like, this is it. The next day I packed <laughs> packed kids and whatever I could fit into my Malibu, and we drove cross-country from Oklahoma to St. Louis, and I never looked back. Mm. Wow. So you just okay. reset. And I'm, I'm a firm believer in any relationship, when you know from the beginning something's not right, uh, there's going to come that crossroads. And it sounds like that is exactly what happened to you. Uh, you reached your enough is enough point. I reached my enough is enough point, but I had so many warnings along the way. And I believe in every situation you have the warnings, but as women and as for me in my situation, I was young, naive, and gullible, and I wanted to be grown. So those inklings that I had, I just brushed them aside. I excused them. And uh, my definition of excuse is nothing more than a well-rehearsed lie that you have faked yourself into believing. And I chose to believe that, oh, it was my fault. If I didn't say that, well, I know how tired he, I made so many excuses for the treatment that I was receiving. So I had little inklings and little whispers along the way, but I just brushed them off and excused them away. Um, as if, and I, the crazy thing about it was, in my excuse and defense, I blamed myself. I never put the blame where it should have been, which was on him for his role in it. It was not all his fault, but a lot of times in relationships, I don't feel that uh, we take responsibility for our actions in whatever the situation may be. Yes, and Charlotte's going to be with us. We're having a special show because uh, March is Women's Month, and we're having special shows all throughout March. Tuesday, Sherlyn is going to be with us again, and we're going to talk about domestic violence and uh, sexual abuse. She's going to go more in depth with that. Uh, Lothario. Yes, ma'am. Can you share your journey uh, uh, about marriage and divorce? 
Well, I was one of those multiple uh, married married people, and um, I still believe in the institution, and I'm hoping to do it. I'm looking forward to doing it, doing it again, with it with, but this time with the maturity and the understanding of what what it really means. I got married the first time when I was 24, and struggling to find my identity, um, looking for affirmation that. I never really got um, at home and was struggling to um, to be accepted. And I think the problem was that, well, I know that the problem was that I never really accepted myself. Mm. Um, Very important. I, I, I married a stranger. Um, she was easy on the eyes. Um, but... Um, we had somebody who was looking for affirmation, which was me, and and her who was looking for the same the same type of thing, um, and we just were two broken people, you know, coming together trying to make a whole relationship, and it was doomed from the start. It was doomed from the start. Mm-hmm. Um, I was acting now, in ways. How did you know that? Uh, we know that you know how you you were broken. What were some some uh, signs or behaviors? that she had um, know that she was also broken? Because I believe that we attract who we are. And, uh, uh, she, she was given to mood swings. Uh, she'd be really happy um, at one point, and then in the, blink of, in the blink of an eye, you know, if you just, if I just breathe wrong, then I, I would experience the wrath mm. of my wife. Mm. And um, she would get upset. And she would leave for days at a time, and I wouldn't know where she was. Mm-hmm. Um, we we there's a lot of uh, verbal abuse, um, mostly on her side. It, it, strangely enough, I was the victim usually, mm-hmm. um, and I was just such a pushover. I, I just wanted love so desperately that I would endure just about anything just to have somebody. And in this particular instance, it was her. And I had the uh, ridiculous notion that if we could, if I loved her enough, then she would see how lovable I am and she would change to accommodate me. And, of course, that didn't happen. And, and we, we separated. And two months later, I was in another relationship. Um, and never even took the time to examine what happened. And even though this was this person was um, much easier to deal with from an emotional standpoint, um, she still had a lot of unrealistic expectations of me. And I put it out there. I was the consummate. I was the consummate. Um, disguise, I had the. I was the consummate. What's the word I'm looking for? Pretender. I was a consummate pretender. Um, in that I could be whatever I needed to be to get you. Wow. Um, and, but it wasn't real, and it would only last so long. So I was getting these women to fall in love with a um, a disguise. Mm. And the problems came when they realized who I really was, and it wasn't what they wanted. And, you know, I kept experiencing rejection over and over again. And um, never really took the time to see why or what it is that was motivating me to make the choices that I was making until um, I broke I broke up with my son's mom. I was never married to my son's mom, though we were engaged. 
And that was the point, Miss White and Miss Shirley, that um, I really started looking at, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> These women have nothing in common but me. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's me. <laughs> and that's, that's what started the, the process and the journey of self-discovery and self-acceptance um, that even now I'm still riding. Right. Yeah, when you, it's 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 an ongoing self-awareness and self-love is a daily uh commitment that we all must uh embark on. But I want to go back to the rejection part because I mm-hmm. I firmly believe that that is the root of uh, a large percentage of unhealthy relationships. Why people get in them, stay in them and get in them again because um we haven't dealt with uh, unresolved issues of rejection. And mm-hmm. I, this is something I had to um, confront myself when I was going on that, you know, peeling away. And a real, I had that aha moment. Like you, Lothario, every, uh, every re- unhealthy relationship I was in, I was the common denominator. And right. so right. Um, it's, it's very uh, hard to deal with rejection. And I had to go back into my childhood. And even though I had a great childhood, we all have things in our childhood that are not so great. Um, mm-hmm. They're bitter, sweet morsels that are affecting our life today. And so I, I want to throw the question out there to you, uh, Lothario and Sherlyn. Um, what was it, do you think, what unresolved issue uh, in your childhood or maybe from uh, uh, another relationship uh, that you did not heal from that drew you to that uh relationship where you got married and then ultimately divorced. Shirley, you can go first. Ladies first. Okay. Um, For me, Tanya, I believe it stemmed back from my childhood of being sexually molested by my stepfather as well as having that um, major secret, telling my mom about it and then not having her do anything about it. It was a major disconnection for me from who I thought was my caretakers at that particular time. So I grew up with feelings of resentment, anger, uh, shame, guilt, you name it. I went through the gamut of it. But for me, actually, I had to learn how to find myself. A lot of times we ask, you know, do you love yourself? And, you know, people shout, oh, yeah, I love myself. I think that has become the... Uh, national anthem for African-American women, but when you look at their lifespans, they really and truly don't love themselves. And what I mean by that, for me, I had uh, misconstrued the uh, misconception of self-tampering for Mm -hmm. self-love because Mm -hmm. I took care of myself and I dressed a certain way and I considered myself clean and sophisticated. I took that as love. And I really had no love for myself. That's why I hid behind the clothes and the materialistic things. And so, I, as you said earlier, Tanya, you draw to you that which you already are. And so my husband picked up on that. He picked up on my insecurities. He picked up on my needing and wanting a father figure, wanting someone to protect me and tell me that I'm loved and tell me how beautiful I was because I was not at a, a, a particular point where I could do that for myself and believe it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times people say, oh, girl, yeah, I love myself and I look good, but they really don't believe it. Mm-hmm. So it took for me to actually get to that point, as Lotharia was saying earlier, of self-acceptance. I had no self-acceptance. And when it came to that final point of enough is enough, I didn't walk away. I had been going through asking and seeking spiritual help and guidance from within, not asking, not on the phone running my mouth trying to figure out what it was. I withdrew and got very quiet and, you know, changed my lifestyle. I started reading books of positive notions, and I started, you know, listening listening to up positive music, inspirational music, just to go within myself, just to get those moments. And, you know, I started meditating, and I had to ask myself literally, who am I? Yes. Why am I here? What's yes. my purpose? You know, and I, because, you know, we as women, we get so caught up on labels and titles. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. I'm a, you know, we get caught up in our titles, but that's not who we are. So exactly. it took me a while to peel back those layers like an onion, peel back those layers and actually find out who I was. I was so crazy, Tanya. I didn't, whatever he said I liked, I liked. I had no clue of what I liked for myself. That's how messed up I was. If he said, that looked good, I'd say, yeah. I mean, I had no mind, basically, of who I was and what I wanted. And so, and I think a lot of people are in that particular system because they feel being alone is so terrible. Yeah. And I'd rather have a piece of a man than no man at all. I mean, these are the notions that I grew up with. Or a piece of a woman or a piece of a Right. Those are the notions that I grew up with. Every time I got out of one relationship before that could cool off, I hopped in another one. Yeah. And then I also misscrewed, uh, I, I, I hopped in another relationship intimately first before I even got to know the person. So my situation, it took a lot of personal healing and digging deep and asking myself and finding out who I was. Yeah. And that and that goes back, and we're again, we're going to talk about the sexual abuse and domestic abuse, because they do go hand in hand. Um, okay. That And that's, uh, it's like instantly now, because I've been, dealing with relationships for so long in in the school setting and in the community and studying it. And now it's like I can almost tell, especially with my students, when something in the house is not right. Right, uh, Because right. you, you, you right. give off a certain behaviors and mm-hmm. certain uh, neediness, so to say. Um, right. Especially when you're a young girl. Um, it's, it's yeah, there are some Yeah, and mm-hmm. so... Mm-hmm. Um, have to deal with that rejection. And one important thing you said is that you did not know who you were. And there comes a point, I don't care how many times you try to sweep it under the rug or try to change, as both of you all said, I've done, I did it too, change who I was just to fit the situation. Um, uh-huh. It comes a point where you wake up and you have to confront that, and that yeah. is when, okay, you have to make a choice. Am I going to forever live in the hell of camouflaging who I am just to be in an unhealthy relationship, even though it's a relationship, or I'm going to deal with the demons of my past so I can, you know, soar in the destiny of my future. And so that takes a very strong uh, uh, will and motivation. And like you said, sometimes you got to get away from that unhealthy environment that you was in. But there you go. I want to hear some of your input. What was it? Well, well, my experience was very similar um, to – am I saying that right, Charlene? Charlene, Charlene. Charlene. 
Sherlin, Sherlin. Um, yeah. um, and I, I grew up without my parents. Don't, my, both my parents loved me very much, though my mother was the most expressive of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad was in the home, but let's, let's say he was not of the home, because I basically knew him as the person who went out and worked and paid all the bills, but I basically saw him sleeping in the, in the, um, the pull-out sofa. I mean, not the pull-out sofa, the, uh, the armchair. And I knew he was the man that took care of everything, but as far as expressing how he felt about me, I, I, didn't, get, I didn't get that. Um, so I was empty, and so I also had a very, very poor self-image. I was, um, I was very overweight. Um, I, I, uh, I thought I had a big head, big eyes, I wore glasses, just about every kind of nerdy, dorky kind of attribute you could put on somebody, I had it. Intensely, I was very smart, very articulate, and creative because I'm an artist, and I used that to get, get me by, but I was kind of an introvert, though you would never know it now, but I was very introverted. And so the first girl that called me cute, that was, you know, oh, I'm in love, I'm in love. And so, uh-huh. as, I, so as I got older, as I got older, um, I, that even though I started to accept myself, um, I, I, I got some popularity in high school because I was an athlete um, and, and lifting weights. I started feeling good about my body, and I started. But I still had this deep-rooted self-hate um, that I just wasn't good enough. So I always tried to be smarter. I always tried to be, you know, more humorous. I always tried to be the nice guy. And so when it came to re- uh, relationships, being involved in relationships, um, I was just looking for somebody who would accept me. And it, and apparently these women, these types of personalities are looking for someone who would just love them um, and, accept, and accept their behavior, though it may not be what's called standard behavior in terms of um, they had a tendency to be more disrespectful in terms of how they being the women I was involved with. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a tendency not to really have good relationships, if any, with their, with their dads. Um, had, they had a tendency to be more pr- promiscuous. Um, and what I ended up doing, I mean, this is real talk, right? What, real what, I en- <laughs> what I ended up doing in these, relation- in these sexual relationships, I, what I figured was the more, the more you had sex with me, the more you must love me. Right. So, so I was looking for that to fill a void, that um, that it, it took me understanding who I was, who I am in Christ, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, how to, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, and and uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a one of a kind prototype, and I'm the only me there is out of six billion people. I mean, it took that kind of um, rationale and that kind of reasoning um, to finally pull myself out of this this downward spiral of of self loathing and and um, you know, and even though I was an avid weightlifter and I run and I take care of my body, I still had this this negative image where it just wasn't good enough. So I never, there was a point where I didn't feel accepted. So these women, these women that I met who see, who gravitated towards my my needy personality, mm-hmm. um, stepped in to fill that void, and I was using them to be something that God should have been in terms of um, defining my worth and defining uh, my value. And, and I had to look at who I am as a person, you know, who, as how he made me. 
um, and said, you know what? It doesn't matter what other people think. I I know who I am. But this it took thirty five, four almost forty years for me to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So, so I had a tendency to just bend over backwards because I was one of these these guys that just I was in love with the idea of being in love and and you see you know I was a hopeless romantic. You read all the books. You see these the you know, the notebook and Sleepless in Seattle. And, oh, my God, know. that's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and you think you, you love and basketball and you think all of these oh things are supposed to have storybook endings, and my story did not have a storybook ending. And I ended up being spiraling even further downward because now I had to deal with failure, yeah. failure, from, um, failure from the failed relationships. So um, it, I finally got to a, a point, ladies, where um, – where, where I said, you know what, I'm not dating anybody else. I'm not going out with anybody else until I get me together. I need to learn who I I need to know who I am. I need to figure this thing out. Lord, show me myself. Show me how to love. And the first place I had to start was learning how to love me. Exactly. And it is so scary, Lothario, that our stories are mirror images of one another. Mm-hmm. Talk about the weight issue, and it's probably stem. If you was overweight, child, you heard this all the time. I did. You are such a beautiful girl. If only you would just lose a little weight. Uh. <laughs> I heard that for most of my formative years. So when I did lose the weight, like you said, when I did lose the weight, I still thought I was overweight. I still mm-hmm. thought I was not good enough. I still thought right. that my weight was hindering me in in some aspects. So what did I do? I was always the bookworm. I, I was always reading, right. Uh, right. doing very active in the community, but I was always the, the, the shy one. I didn't say much. And and so I was the wallflower. And uh, But I was dependable. People could depend on me and all this uh, stuff. And I never did blossom into who I really was. And I, mine didn't happen until I was like 30. And it continues to uh, evolve each and every day, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I totally understand that. Um, and so it's like a battle you have to fight through uh, because even though you get uh, closure, there's always those little triggers, always that little voice that comes out and screams sometimes at me, and I'm like, okay, I've got to shut you up. Uh, right, because right. Because if I don't, I'm just going to spiral down into something that I know that is unhealthy. So, mhm, mhm, um, and it's a daily. Just like you said, it's a daily thing. And yeah. you, if you're not careful, you'll find yourself back there again. Because as you mature and as you get older, your challenges change. Yeah. And so you have to. And so we're shaped by our. We are the product of our experiences. So if you're not careful, you will. You can go back to um, some old habits and some old tendencies. But, you know, you've got to dig your heels in the sand and say, you know, I will not be moved. I am what God says I am. I am, you know, the head and not the tail. I am above only and not beneath. You, you know, you you have to remember why you're special, yeah. and, and, and you have to live in that, and you have to rest in that, and remember that whether somebody else rejects you or not, or no matter what your life circumstances are, you're never diminished. Never, um, never. Not and I tell you what, <laughs> it doesn't get any easier. No, it's, it's a fight, and we. I 
hope y'all uh, stay on because your segment is out of time. But I do want you all to chime in with our next guest because you might have okay. similar points. If you can, okay. just grant me that. Sherilyn, can you stay? Yes, I can stay for a few more minutes. Okay. Yeah, uh, we're take and I can as well. Brief break, and I do see you on the line, 765. Uh, we're talking about divorce. So if you have any stories to share, please call uh, 347-215-6446. Uh, we're going to bring our next guest on, Angela Smith, and she is the author of Life, uh, Dreams, Visions. Uh, I believe she is from Indianapolis, Indiana. So I'm going to click her on, and I hope she joins us without any trouble. <laughs> Blog Talk is just so wonderful, you guys. Hello, uh, welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White. Hello, Miss Tanya. Hello, is this Miss Smith? Yes, it is. Thank you so much for joining us. We are talking about divorce, and I saw your hand up. Did you have a comment about anything that Lothario and Sherlin uh, stated earlier? Well, I was just making some mental notes um, when you were talking about the divorce, the multiple times. Yes. You know, the rejection, the father issues. But I, I was just making some mental notes that it seems like no matter who we are or where we come from, the spirit of rejection attacks everybody. Every mm-hmm. single person. Yeah, so I just making some mental notes there. Okay. Well, listen, we really want to hear about your experience with the divorce. But before we get into and dig deep into who, to who you are, tell us who you are in your own words. Well, I am... Messenger Beloved, mm-hmm. and that is what my name translates me to be. My name is Angela Marie, but it translates into Messenger Beloved. Okay. And it is the epitome of who I am and what I do and how I treat people. Wow. Yes. Um, I own a small business from my home. I am a mom of three boys, um, a grandmother of two boys, and a mother-in-law. Um, now, you do not look like a grandmother. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh, 41 years old with two grandbabies. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It is. Oh. Um, you know, reared in the church. I love the Lord. Um, I love people. Mm-hmm. And I get joy out of seeing other people become successful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And we are glad to have you on here like I said, I'm very much interested in your entire book, and I know that I'm going to have you back for uh, another uh, show. Okay. But tell us, tell us your story of divorce. Uh, I, I got your table of contents, and before we get into any of that, I want you to tell us what your story with divorce uh, is and how you got to this point in well, life. Well, I um, I married a preacher, mm-hmm. and he, you know, when we met, he had experience explained to me that he lived, um, or he used to live a homosexual lifestyle, but that he had changed and God had delivered him. And um, I saw past the past, and I took him for his word that what he said was true. Mm -hmm. So, of course, we we got married, and um, during the course of the six-year union, the lifestyle started to creep not only outside the home, but inside the home. Mm. And, you know, he would bring partners inside the marriage chambers and uh, Internet sex and dating, that type of thing. 
and the, because I believe in the covenant of marriage, I wanted it to work. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to face the truth that this was not of God. Right. And I did not want to face the truth that if I stay, I will die. Right. Now, do you think that was some of the values uh, uh, and the, the 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 teachings from church? Because oftentimes we can get our religion messed mm-hmm. up with God's word. Um, it, and, sister, it, it was, I wouldn't say it was the value of my teaching. It, I come from a home where my parents were married for 55 years until my father died. Uh-huh. So I I did not know divorce. Okay. Um, All I knew was you fight, you cuss, you scream, you holler, Mm -hmm. but you stay married. You work it out. You get in the word. You you make it right. Mm. And that's how I went into my marriage was, okay, if you fighting, you fighting, but you get in your word and you work it out and make it work. Right. So that's why I stayed so long. Mm-hmm. How long were you married? It was six years. Okay. Okay. You knew when uh, you when you got married that you were gonna have problems. Did you know that? It was the night of the the honeymoon. I knew right then that it was a journey that I, as an individual, was not prepared for. Mm-hmm. And it was that night that. Um, one of his partners called on him the night he got married. They called on him, mm-hmm. and it was down here from that point. Wow. You know, it's, I think it's interesting that we all had cues um, yes. because I remember, um, you know, in spite of the tumultuous relationship me and my first wife had, we got married anyway, mm-hmm. and it was just, and a further testimony to our naivety that thinking that somehow being married was going to change us. And then even in, even in the second, uh, even in the second marriage, you know, she would say to me, well, if it doesn't work out, we can always get a divorce. Mm. I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot of commitment to me now, but I didn't have any more sense. I didn't have any more sense than I did then. So, you know, it was, I, it was okay. apparently it was okay because I I did it. I mean, so and it's and just like in each of in uh, in this instance where you said on that on your on your honeymoon night. I mean, mm-hmm. how disrespectful is that? Uh, you know. So we have these cues that. Now let me ask you this, ladies. Do you think that sometimes uh, us being having having a um, a religious perspective in terms of commit our co- commitment to being committed, do you think that sometimes that makes us overlook some things that um, should be obvious in terms of making us change our minds about the relationship? Yes. This is Tanya coming from, uh, and I talked singles for uh, a long time, and I have these conversations because sometimes we can, uh, like I said, uh, go up in the clouds and not remember that God was practical. He he wanted us to be practical, uh, and mm-hmm. sometimes we um, misinterpret or mm-hmm. miscommunicate uh, the word and uh, misapply it to our lives. So yes, I do believe that uh, anybody else can jump in. Well, this this is Angie. I totally agree 
um, and this is something that I've learned even after my divorce, which has put me in some very difficult, quote-unquote, church situations, Mm -hmm. is because we've been taught one thing for so long, which was not taught from revelation. It was taught from head knowledge. Or it was taught from uh, a generational knowledge, but not a God-revealed type of knowledge. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I'm at a point now in my life that because my relationship with the Lord is so intimate, if it's not right and you do it in my presence, then I have something to say because now I'm accountable for what I've heard and for what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Right. And and me taking that position now in the church has has put me out of church. Literally. Oh, that's a that's a whole other topic, and I'm gonna send you an <laughs> I'm gonna send you an email on because we're gonna be talking about uh, that in March when it comes to women in ministry, uh, the myths, the misunderstandings, and the men that mess us up. So get an email from us. But yes. I totally agree. I know that you've been ostracized, Absolutely. and uh, I know I can hear it, and I and. Uh, Kendrick Spirit, no Kendrick Spirit. Yes. Uh, you know, when but you, you know speak what? truth, it's, you know, sister, you're going to be good at I'm sorry, but I count this entire journey such a blessing mm-hmm. because yeah. it, has, it has taught me well, not just, uh, you know, visually or for, you know, just to be healed myself, but it has taught me well so that I can help other people to get up out of that, that position that they're in. Yeah. Um, because my spouse, him being a, a minister or an elder in the church, he would use the word against me to keep me in bondage. Of course. Uh-huh. And I believed him. And I believe Sister Sherlin had said earlier, she was talking about, who am I? Uh, what am I here for? Right. I, had, I had lost my identity completely mm-hmm. um, to the point where my complexion turned three degrees darker. Darker. I've, I've seen wow. people do that. I've mm-hmm. seen that happen. I know. I've, I've never seen exactly. that before. Oh, yes. I've it, seen it that. It is something to reckon with, but God is just so good to me. Um, I During the marriage, I would have dreams, and I, I dream a lot, and the Lord had begun to show me places he was at, show mm-hmm. me faces of who he was with, um, confront me about his internet activities. The Lord would show me these things in dreams, mm-hmm. and I would bring wow. them to His attention. And um, I walked into the sanctuary one one Wednesday for Bible study, and an unfamiliar man called me by my name, Angela. Oh. And I looked at him, and the Holy Spirit say, "He's looking for your husband. He's uh, one of them." Wow. Uh, so I had to deal with that. Sunday. And this was in the church that you both attended? Yes, this okay. was in the church we attended. At the time, um, actually, we were in North Carolina at the time. And um, I faithfully served in my position as the psalmist for the church. I faithfully went to, to services. But it got to a point where I had to either die because I kept lying mm-hmm. or either I was going to tell the truth and live. Right. Yeah. And I decided that I was going to take this shroud off my back, and I am going to live. Right. That was. Well, we're, uh, we're so excited that you did. That was the hardest decision. It, it sounds silly, but it was the hardest decision because when you, when you have physically connected with someone, yes. you're mm-hmm. one with them, bone and bone, flesh and flesh, yeah. blood and blood. 
to rip yourself apart from that is torture mm-hmm. to the tenth degree of the emotional and psychological torture you're going through. And not only that, Angela, uh, because it, it seems like his behavior was so widely accepted in mm-hmm. the church, uh, and so uh, you was uh, quote unquote looked at upon as not the good wife because you're not letting your husband, who is supposed to be your head, do what he's supposed to do. Absolutely. I've known women in that situation, and it's literally like you said. Not only does the skin darken, but I've seen people who've got physically sick. Yes. In terms uh-huh. of cancer, yes. uh, and when they when they literally left the situation, they were healed. Yeah. When I when I made a decision to get out of danger, mm-hmm. um, God is my witness. I my age went down. If I can't I can't quite explain it, but. I looked so old, but once I left, I began to look so young. Right. And when people see me now and I tell them I'm 41 with three kids and two grandkids, they're like, no way you're over 26. Exactly. I I just found your picture today, and I'm sorry I didn't put it on the promos, but I just found it. But uh, exactly, that's what I said. But that's the restorative grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I found the same thing. I found the same thing to be the case. It's seen, Joel, you know, Joel talks about how he he would restore the the years that the canker worm yes. um, destroyed, and and I I tell you I feel, and I even think I look better now, um, approaching forty four, mm-hmm. than I did when I was twenty four because yes. you could just see the stress. You could just see it on me when you when you look at pictures, um, when I, at least when I look at the pictures, I can see the distress, you know. And even when I'm smiling, you can see the hollowness in my eyes, mm-hmm. and uh, and it has truly been liberating. Though the experiences that I've been through have were very difficult, um, it has been very liberating. And and the satisfying part is that God trusted trusted us enough to it, not only to the endure the experience and come out, but to also share the benefit of yeah. what we learned to help other people. Yeah. So that they can be free, and yeah. and ultimately, I think that's why we go through a lot of things. Not so much for us, but for others who may need our witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what, Tanya, like Angela has said, I too, um, keeping that lie, you pay a hefty price. Yes, <laughs> you pay a hefty price keeping that lie bottle up inside. And for me, I got so tired of faking, smiling, and putting mm-hmm. on this. One, this mask that everything was okay, knowing that we just got into a tussle. You know, I it got so bad for me that I literally hated coming home. Yeah. When he would, when I, I knew the moment he would pull up in the driveway, my mood, headaches, everything would change instantly. And the thing about it at that particular time, my daughter was three and my son was one, and children don't do what you say, they do what they mm-hmm. see. And, and although kids are that... Because a lot of parents don't realize that. 
<laughs> they do not do what you say. They follow the example that has been set for them. And okay. for my children to be at that age that were, you know, they couldn't very well articulate what was going on, I remember times my daughter, I could be sitting at the kitchen table and my maybe my husband would be at the couch and my daughter would literally grab me by the hand and walk me over there to him and hug daddy or, you know, because they felt the tension, they felt the stress that was going on, although they couldn't really articulate it. They they knew the spirit wasn't right or safe for, in that environment. And when I finally said, you know, enough is enough and I don't care, you know, I got tired of, you know, trying to outlive the marriage and, you know, everybody's glad I married and, oh, you got a wonderful husband and, oh, you know, I got tired. When I got tired of living that lie, the weight came off, yeah. you yeah. know, the, the the healness, I had a, a resound new attitude that when people say, well, I thought you guys were good together, I was no longer feeling ashamed. I no longer had to hide it. I told my story, and the amazing thing was when I stepped out and was stopped being ashamed of, you know, another failed marriage in my family, you know, I'm the product of three divorces already, you know, when I got past all that, women started telling me their story because they're living with deacons. And, and my husband was in his country. He was the high priest as far as his church was concerned. So mm -hmm. I kind of know where Angela's coming from, but at the same time, you know, and they stood by him. Mm -hmm. But it was no longer about what they, he, they said. I didn't care what he did. I didn't care. I cared about living. And if that meant being away from you, then it, so be it. You know, I like I said, I packed what I could pack in my Malibu. I left clothes, furniture. I, it didn't matter to me anymore. What mattered was starting my life over. And it got to the point to where that that was the most powerful time for me because God had actually set me up doing the mental uh, assessment and finding out who I was. I was already being set up for a comeback when I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. You better preach, girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. This is Angela. Uh, while the sister is speaking, the Lord brought back to my remembrance, and I put this piece in my book. It, the book is actually in journal format, and it has episodes of visions and dreams and, you know, life experiences. But the good part is um, several, many, many years ago, one of my elder sisters said to me, she said, Angie, if you can find yourself in the Word, you know you're living on target. Mm -hmm. So everything that I began to experience a dream, I was like, there's got to be a Word for it. There's got to be something in the Word of God that will help me with this. Mm -hmm. And one of the particular dreams were the Lord had spoke to me and told me that if you marry me, I will take care of you and your children. Wow. And I thought it was I thought it was the enemy because, you know, I'm already married. And that's when the Lord spoke to me, no, no, this is not about sex. It's mm -hmm. not about a man. It's about being in right relationship with me. Stop lying to me. Right. Stop cheating on me. This is what the Lord oh. was saying to me. Wow. And when I got a hold of that, every transition in my life, I say, now, Father, you said, that if I marry you, you will take care of me and my kids. Mm -hmm. And I put God at his word in every step of my journey. I've been divorced now for six years. 
every step of those six years, God has provided just like he said he would. Mm-hmm. We want, want for nothing, want for absolutely nothing. And people wonder, you know, they look at me uh, in churches, you know, single woman with kids, oh, we can really get over on her. Yes, yes. But when I put the word on them, then they are offended. And, of course, like I said earlier, <laughs> You get ostracized because you putting the word on the preacher. Putting the, the word of <laughs> truth. Yes. Unadulterated, uncompromised. I know you what you're talking about. <laughs> but you know what? I had to develop a mantra, and I preached this one day. So what? Because I am redeemed. I live on Psalm 107, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, yes. and Romans 8.31. So if God is for me, I do not care literally anymore what you think or what yes. you do because I'm going to rise regardless of what you try to do to me. Right. Yes. So and still I, I rise. And still I rise. I will mm-hmm. get to preaching about that right now. And so we're <laughs> going to take a break right now. I want uh, Sherlyn, Therio, Angela to give your contact information in that order because I know some people have to go and some yeah. people are, are uh, in the chat so, Sherlyn, let's start with you. Um, you can visit me at my website or sign up for my free newsletters at, at www.unveilingthemaskmask.com. Uh, you can also contact me at 323-580-4604. And it was a phenomenal issue today, The Sea of Life. Check that out. Sign up. Get her books. When is your show, Sherlyn? The show airs, Unveiling the Mass, it airs every Tuesday at 3 p.m. The next show, we're coming back, we're reformatting the show, coming back with a new setup, and that next show will air on March the 10th, every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time. All right, catch her at Unveiling the Mass. Sherlyn, do you have to leave? Yes. Okay, we love that you have shown, but Sherlyn's going to be back Tuesday. Uh, when we talk about sexual abuse and domestic violence. Uh, So check that out. Yeah, tune in to hear more of her story. Thank you so much, Ms. Sherlyn Vaughn. I will follow up with you later tonight. Okay, thank you, ma'am. All right. Thank you, Lutheran Angela. Thank you. Thank you. you. It's a pleasure meeting you. You too. Bye-bye. All righty, Mr. Boyd. You can reach me at, or you can go to my website at www. Dot Gibraltar, like the rock, GibraltarPublications.com, or you can reach me at Lothario, L-A-T-H-E-R-I-O, at GibraltarPublications.com, or you can contact me by phone at 336-918-6452, and I would love to hear from you. And, and as always, what are you going to yes. see every second Thursday starting in March? And starting in March, every second Thursday, I will be co-hosting with my idol. Well, you know what? Idol, idol is strong, and we shouldn't have those. No. Let me, let me. But, but, but no, when I say that, I mean that. Ontario. I mean that affectionately. You know, my mentor and my role model, Ms. Tanya White. Awesome. I love this. I love this girl. I love her. I love her. Thank you so much, Miss. So if you're not married by this time next year, I might ask you to marry me. Oh, Lord. Stereo <laughs> <laughs> <Mysterio> boy. <laughs> In the atmosphere, you make it to in trouble. Um, <laughs> um, did you tell us about your 
your phenomenal book. Did you tell us that? Uh, I, I just told, I just named the title, but the book that I've written is called The Man's Guide to Finding the Perfect Mate, The Art of Finding and Keeping a Lasting Relationship. And what it is is a guide, not a thesis or a textbook or a manual, but it is a guide on how men can do, um, do better in being what we were supposed to be, which is the leader, the head of our house, mm-hmm. the high priest, the protector, and, uh, and how we should um, start living up to that. We should start how we can and should start maximizing ourselves so that women can start raising their expectations so they can start believing that they can have what they want. And women, it's, in a, it's, it's a good read for you all, too, because now the book shows you what your expectations should be. Mm-hmm. You know, what's, you should know, you need to know what to look for from a man, and, and it's in the book. It's just like Prego. It's in there. It's in there. And look, when he's on second Thursday, we're going to dig more into that guy and we're just going to talk relationships. It's going to have a balanced approach. It's going to be real. It's going to be relevant. And it's going to be refreshing. Mr. Boyd, once again, fantastic job. Do you have to step Thank out? You. I do. I do. Okay. I, was I appreciate <laughs> you. You've been with me all week. No, so. I appreciate you, girl. <laughs> and, Miss Angela, it was a pleasure meeting you as well. I look forward to hearing you on your on your um, – because you have your own show as well, right? No, I do not. She should, okay, shouldn't well, she? She should. She oh should. Oh my goodness! Because that is, that is real. That is real. That is real right there. But um, but I I look forward to learning more about you and being in further contact with you as well. Oh, thank you, and I look forward to the same. All okay, right, you guys have forward. a great night. I will right. follow up with you later. Right. Thank you. Thank you, dear. All right, bye bye. Bye bye, Miss Angela. Yes. I, if you have time, I really want you to stay as long as you can for our next segment. We're going to have Pastor. TZ, uh, TD and his uh, wife, a Lady Z, and they're going to talk about the Christian perspective about divorce. They both were in uh, previous marriages and got divorced, and we're going to dig more into the spiritual aspect of it because I understand totally yes. what you're talking about. But right now we're going to take a brief break. Uh, we're going to play a song. You know, real talk is uh, real talk, and divorce is divorce. And even though uh, sometimes we get divorced, we still have sometimes feelings of, wow, what if I stayed? Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to play an oldie but a goodie. And I know everybody knows this, but um, I'm not even going to tell the song. But I'm going to mute you out, and then I'm going to bring you back in about four minutes, Angela, okay? Okay, thank you. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to have Pastor T.D. White and Lady Z. I'm going to get that right. Uh, But we're going to take a break. We're going to play a song, and you know I love music. And it's an oldie and a goodie, and just listen and let it just talk to you. Turns my whole world misty blue 
about divorce, the down low, and we're going to talk about now finding love again. We have had a phenomenal show, some great, great guests sharing their stories of divorce and what happened and how they bounced back. Cheryl and Vaughn and Lothario Boyd were uh, just left us. Uh, they gave the male and female perspective. We still have Miss Angela Smith on the phone, and we're going to talk to her a little bit more. But we're also going to be joined right now by Pastor T.D. and Lady Z. White, and they're going to talk about finding love again after a divorce, and they're going to come from the Christian perspective. So I'm going to click all of them on um, and just welcome them to Real Talk with Tanya White. Hello, Pastor T.D., how are you? I'm doing great. How are you tonight? I am fantastic. Angela? Yes, thank you. Okay. I'm here. All righty. We're just coming back. Pastor T.D., thank you so much for joining us on Real Talk with Tanya White. Is your wife with us? She should be calling in if she hasn't called in yet. Okay, okay. Well, uh, we're talking about divorce, and we have Miss Angela Smith on the phone. She is from, Angela, you're from Indian- Indianapolis? 
I'm in Kokomo, Indiana. Okay, Kokomo, Indiana. And she is talking about divorce. uh, And, uh, Angela, if you briefly share your story uh, with Pastor T.D. just to catch him up. Yes, um, I was married for six years to a preacher who was also uh, living the lifestyle um, of a homosexual or bisexual. And I stayed in that marriage um, as long as I could until it was a choice of you die if you stay or you live if you leave. And um, I decided to leave so that I may live. And here I am today, six years later, yet living. Amen. Amen. And you are going to talk, and and she's going to chime in and stay with us. Uh, We're both going to share from the Christian perspective about divorce, what the church says, and why it is so hard sometimes when it's just apparent that uh, a couple is not compatible, and especially in terms of uh, uh, insinuating circumstances. But we stay sometimes, Pastor, because we uh, hold on to the word of God. And so can you tell us who you are in your own words before we start bombarding you with questions tonight? <laughs> Amen. Well, as, um, you know, um, Tanya stated earlier, you know, um, I am Pastor White here in southeast Missouri. And I, and I don't mind, you know, sharing things, you know, to edify, you know, the body of Christ, you know, even even people who have, you know, you know just, just want to know more about, you know, the perspective from the Christian, from our Christian perspective, you know, because I believe that, you know that um well i'll I'll wait until you ask me a question before I go into that but but I just want to um tell you that I'm here tonight you know to to be of service and uh, answer any questions that you might have to ask us you know and um and we're just straightforward i mean we we believe God you know that um everything we do is god ordained yes, I would love for you to share your story now you said both you and your wife were in previous marriages and uh mm-hmm. got divorced uh I know she's going to call in, and I want her to share her own story. But can you tell us your story of your first marriage, why you got in sure. it, why you got divorced? and uh, Were sure. you a preacher at that time? Say it again. Were you a preacher at the time of your first marriage? No, not, when I got married, I, we wasn't saved. Okay. No, oh, okay. We, we, yeah, we, we wasn't saved yet when I got married. But I got married young, um, you know, like a lot of folks do after having a baby in college. And I tell you, one of the things I look back and I, I was talking last night, we were discussing in our Bible study about, you know, some of the things that we've done, you know, in our lives, you know, and um, and I, I think about my first marriage and the reason why I, I got married was because I had been with this girl for several years, about three, four years, and and six months prior to me, to actually six months prior to our wedding date, you know, I had caught her cheating, mm-hmm. you know, and. And that happened, and being young then, I thought that if I got if I married her, maybe that would make things better. You think if you marry them, you know, well, then they won't it, it won't happen. You know that that was part of being young and, and inexperienced. You know that caused me to do that. We had a baby girl together also, and and my children are my life, and that's one of the weaknesses that I always had was my children. You know, and so after marrying her, you know, I found out a few years later that well, being married don't they don't solve it either. Now yeah. let me let me share something with you because I want to be totally straightforward and honest. Now, be, before I got saved, mm-hmm. you know, I was four or five times worse than she could ever have been. Mm-hmm. Before before I got saved, I, I, I did my share of running around, mm-hmm. you know, and so that was that was part of what kept me 
in a broken marriage for so long after things begin to happen because when I got saved, I began to learn the word of God. I began to learn, you know, the parts of the Bible where it says you reap what you sow. And I know I had some reaping to do. You know, and so so that part of me kept me in a marriage that was breaking me down every day, you know, you know, um, so much. So but go ahead. I was going to ask you real quick. You said that you all got married because uh, of the child primarily, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And, and you were young. How old were you? I was 22. Okay, 22. And then Lothario said the same thing. Our first guest, he was 24. Uh, and do you do you think in this day and age, I know our parents got married even younger in their teens, um, but do you think age has something to do with um, how long and how healthy a marriage is? Is it age or is it something else? You mean as far as how long a marriage stays together, or if it stays yeah, how together? Healthy, how healthy a marriage is. Well, I, don't, I, I wouldn't use the, the term terminology of age. I would say maturity. Mm-hmm. I, I would say maturity has a lot to do with it because a lot of times when we're getting married, we really don't know how to be married yet. You know, we're, we're going to the courthouse and we're getting a license to go before the church and get married, and we're calling those husband and wife when we, when we have never learned how to be a husband or learn how to be a wife. Right. You know, and so the problem is, you know, uh, especially when you when you are doing these things when both of you are the will of God, like, like we were when we married, we both were at the will of God, mm-hmm. and we had no kind of spiritual counseling, nobody to really set us down, not even natural counseling. I mean, yeah. not even a natural counselor to set us down. You know, marriage counselor to set us down and talk about some things that we would encounter. See, the the American dream is to get married one day and have babies and and have a, live happily ever after. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever tell you, nobody ever tells you that there will be hard times to encounter. You know, to go through. Nobody ever tells you that. You know, it could be possible infidelity. You know, come up. You know, in the marriage. You know, and those things alone. You know, we talk about money being one of the key reasons for a marriage breaking up. Well, money is probably the the biggest, I think, among a lot of broken marriages today. But but infidelity is the run the close second. Wow, you, you believe that? Wow, I mean, I've never heard oh, yeah. that, Pastor. Um, now let's. Say right there, because you said that you had caught uh, the, your first wife cheating before you got married, mm-hmm. and so and you also said that um, you you thought marriage is going to help it if you married that she wouldn't cheat again. Now is that something like a, a something that was ingrained in males, or, or did it like was an ego thing, or did you feel like you were inadequate in such a way, or in some reason that to make her cheat? How how what were you thinking at that time? Well, I tell you, I don't know what I was thinking at that time, but I tell you, looking back at my experiences, you know, you know, kind of what played into that. You know, what played into that was the fact that both of my parents were my biological parents. They they were together until my mother passed in '99. I had both my bio, I had both my biological parents. You know, and so in my sight, from what I saw, I grew up seeing you know two parents that loved each other, two parents that were married, you know, and taking care of a family. And so I assumed, you know, if I, you know, made us a family legally, you know, that that, that would bring security to a relationship. Okay. Yeah. You I know, of inter- course, that was so wrong, but go ahead. If I may interject, <laughs> Sister Tyan. Yes, go ahead. Um, I think for me, well, not I think for me, but it, it was a matter of if, if I marry you, things are going to get right. It's because we want it so bad. Yes, but we don't want to. We don't want to 
for me, it was, okay, he asked me to marry him. And when he did, I got to my job and I called my sister crying like a little baby. And I said to her, he asked me to marry him. What should I do? She told me to wait. Mm -hmm. I said, well, I'm not waiting because, you know, no one has ever loved me. No one has ever asked me to marry them before. And, oh, he is so into me. Wow. And and at that time, from what you said, you you were not into you. Exactly. Exactly. I was just interested in the fact that somebody else is interested in me. Yeah. Now, now, and I don't think we touched on this with you, Angela, uh, but was there something in your childhood or something, some need that was not fulfilled that made you want to continue? Because, uh, you know, woman to woman, mm-hmm. most times when another sister gets married, we're excited, and it okay. takes a strong, a wise, discerning sister who loves you to say, you know what, you better wait. Exactly. And so what, uh, evidently she saw apparently some things uh, that you were refusing to acknowledge. Everybody uh, saw it. <laughs> okay, everybody saw it. Okay. And, you know, it, it was, it, my, my mother used to tell me that I, I was of a high nature, child uh-huh. and being that I had already had a child out in in junior I mean in high school mm-hmm. I would not dare risk another child outside of marriage right okay and I'm like okay if if I'm gonna start fulfilling the needs of my flesh then I need a husband okay. and this man and, is interested in me and that goes back to the church and us teaching scripture but not really teaching people how mm-hmm. to apply that mm-hmm. to your life because uh, I believe that we get so caught up in what you can't do as Christians, mm-hmm. and that draws us closer, and we do not really celebrate the liberty, the freedom, the joy that you have. Of uh, And this is just for Christians. This is uh, those who are Christians. You get so much joy in the things that God says that you can. But we right. can just like uh Eve, we got harped on that one fruit, that one tree mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that we cannot have, and every single time it leads us to destruction. Pastor, do you do uh, do you see that even as a pastor now, when people come to you, I'm pretty sure you've had this. I've had this many times as a just a single Bible study teacher. Couples come to you and say, "Oh, we're getting married," and the Lord tells you to tell them, "Baby, son, you need to wait." <laughs> You are not ready. Absolutely, you know, and that and that's one of the things that um people. I'll say this. I'm just, I'm just going to just flip it real fast. When a person goes to a pastor for counseling, you need to have gone with the right motive. Mm-hmm. You're going going with the right motive to get some counseling. The counseling should be to decide whether or not you want to marry that person. But what happens, a lot of folks go to the pastor and their mind's already made up that they're going to get married. Made up. Ain't no turning back, Pastor. Mm -hmm. I didn't already book the church. You're not going to tell me no. If the pastor don't don't agree with what they say, some folks will go somewhere else and get married. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And uh, and, and let's address the non-Christian here because it's the same uh, unhealthy behaviors and habits that Christians do, and this is a show for everybody, but the same unhealthy habits that uh, Christians take in a relationship 
people who are non-Christian take too. And I, and I keep hearing the same theme over tonight, uh, rejection, mm-hmm. uh, somebody to love me. I wanted mm-hmm. to make it right, and I needed to stay uh, because I didn't want to fail. And all, and all those things, when you think about what you just said, you can put all that in one word, security. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, security is what causes a lot of folks to do things that they later regret because they want to feel secure. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, lot, a lot of marriages have been broken because someone, someone's uh, mother or father said, you need to marry that girl. She's pregnant with your baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and even the, them beforehand why sex, we should wait until marriage for sex. I heard all my life, Pastor and Angela, don't do it. It's not mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that when you connect with somebody physically. You're connecting not only physically, emotionally, mentally, yes. and you need to be mature for that. And spiritually. Comes, yes, spiritually mature, financially mature, emotionally mature, all those, and that comes from when you make that mature decision to get married. And so I didn't hear all that. I just heard, don't do it. It's not right. It's not acceptable for a, a good a good girl to do that. And so, uh, again, a drawn to the forbidden fruit. That's right. But I, I, if they had told me, really sat me down, and I wish a lot of parents would even do this today and tell them why sex should be reserved for for marriage and the the soul ties that you get, the emotional yes. connection that you get from us. Uh, uh, being intertwined with somebody, and, and music, music said the same thing about soul ties and sex. But uh, do you think we're doing a good job, Pastor and Angela, about even today explaining about sex and uh, why it should be reserved for a committed relationship such as marriage? You mean as a as a people altogether? As a, not not just the church, but as society. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. As a people altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's one of those things that people don't want to address. I mean, so I would still say no because there's there's not enough people setting down their young folks, you know, discussing these things. Like you said, even out even outside the church doors, even in society, we won't have enough of those sit down sessions. You know, folks want to stay away from sex mm-hmm. topics. They want to stay as far away from that as possible. I mean, they'll talk about anything else, you know, other than sex. Mm-hmm. You know, but sex is one of the things that has a lot to do with our life, whether we save or not. Yes. You know, uh, it, it 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 determines, you know, whether we, you know, contract some kind of disease. It determines whether we, you know, impregnate somebody or get pregnant. Yes. You know, a, a, lot, a lot of times, you know, it determines, you know, how far down the road we go with um, somebody because, believe, believe it or not, once you have sexual intercourse with a person, you know, you've now created a sexual bond there, a spiritual bond that holds you to that person. You know, I know the people in the world like, like the caller, oh, you whipped, oh, oh, she got you, you know, got you hooked. No, what has happened? What has happened is a spiritual connection has been made. Mm-hmm. You have spiritual ties now. When you, when you've gone, you know, into a certain place, you develop a spiritual tie that you can't break by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, most definitely, most definitely. Now our time has quickly come to an end, but I want uh, us to sum up, uh, Angela and uh, Pastor TD. Uh, how how can we find the will to live? And with uh, and find love again after a divorce, uh, after going because we didn't even touch on you know the emotional, the financial struggles and battles that you have to battle 
after going through a divorce. And we'll probably uh, revisit this topic very, very soon. But can you kind of sum it up in your own words how someone who is struggling with this, Christian, non-Christian, with divorce, how they're thinking this is the end of the road for them. They're thinking that life is over, and they need a little inspiration of hope and a little nugget of motivation to get them back on the path to find life and love eventually when they're whole again after divorce. Angela, let me start with you. Well, while you were saying that, one thing came to my mind is that I cannot argue with a seared conscience mm-hmm. because it's like a fist fighting the wind. Yes. And that's when when you come to yourself and realize, okay, this particular situation I will not toll with because it is useless. Right. It does not further me as an individual. It only keeps me in bondage. So in order for me to get out of bondage, I've got to get out of this. Right. And and one thing that really helped me was every day after I separated and divorced, and to this day, I get in my mirror and I tell myself every morning, you are beautiful. Yes. And that those words that I put out about myself is who I become that day. I become a beautiful person. People yes. see it. People feel it. And it encourages me to continue to be beautiful. Yes. Um, since my divorce, I've been in one serious relationship, and I'd be like, you know what? You going in one direction, mm-hmm. I'm going in another direction. This is not working. Right. Now, had I stayed in the same mind frame that I was in before, I would keep myself in bondage again. Exactly. But I had to change the way I began to think about me right. and what God has for me. And that put a whole new light on my life. Wow. Angela, we, we're definitely going to have you back, okay? Amen. Amen. I'm going to follow up with you later tonight, but uh, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart Absolutely. for sharing such, such a sensitive uh, subject. But like you said, this is what you were uh, designed to do and to, to set somebody free so that they won't make uh, the same uh, uh journey that you made, and, and they can be strong enough when those signs are Absolutely. right there to do what they know deep down in their spirit to do. But uh, thank you so much. I'm going to uh, follow up with you okay. and try to book you again for uh, uh, an, another show. But I appreciate you, and uh, I am am in, forever encouraged by your testimony and your sweet, sweet spirit. Thank you very much, and I have enjoyed myself, and I am just honored to have this opportunity. Okay, thank you so much. I'm going to mute you out. You're welcome to stay on. We have about 25 minutes left. But uh, Pastor T, uh, TD, what yes, do you have to say for someone? Hey, man, first of all, let me apologize. My wife was in a meeting tonight, and she thought she might get out to call in. Apparently, she didn't get out. That is so quite she, all right. So we, she, we we can always have you back, Pastor. Amen. You know, um, you know, addressing the question, you know, for for me, and I can speak for my wife as well, because we had this discussion last night. As a matter of fact, we were in a Bible study. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in order for me to be able to love again and, and, and go where I know I needed to go, I had to be able to forgive and let go of, of my past. 
Yeah. The, the things that we come through, the things that have handicapped us, the things that have crippled us, you know, caused us to think with a warped side of mind, those are the things that keep you from going forward, you know, and, and making a good relationship with the next person that God puts in your way. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so, and so some of the things that have, ha- have happened, I have to be able to let go. And she asked me, how did you do that? I said, well, first of all, I realized two things. First, I realized that some of it I had to reap because mm-hmm. I, was, I had done some wrong. Before I got saved. Don't, don't go too fast on that, Pastor. Secondly, say that slowly. Go back to one and say that slowly because some, we really believe that we haven't done anything wrong. So go back some, to that point. Some stuff I had to reap, you know, because, because of what I had done wrong. Yes. But, but, but secondly, I realized that I didn't have to reap forever. Yes. You know, so don't let nobody fool you into thinking that because you've been wrong before that you've got to sit in, sit in a mess and be treated like a dog forever. Right. That's not the truth. That's not God's will. You know, and so realizing those two things, you know, I, I was able to let go. Yes, it hurt it when I let go, but mm-hmm. but but realizing that God was my strength and knowing how to forgive. See, yeah. and this, this don't happen overnight. You don't just give the next day, okay, I forgive, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that, that That's lip service. Yeah. But, but, but me going to God in prayer, I'm talking from my experience now, me going to God in prayer, you know, and seeking strength to truly forgive, that's how I was prepared to go into the next relationship, you know, and be healthy in this marriage. Mm-hmm. And I can't speak for the non-believers because I'm telling you that it took God mm-hmm. for me to, for me to be to be to be, to be prepared to go forward and be a good husband. Because mm-hmm. without without God, I couldn't have got myself together. Mm. Wow, you said something that, and you just gave me another topic for a show is the forgiveness. Um, we have to really grasp that concept of forgiveness and uh, forgive ourselves and forgive the other people uh, at hand. And then, like you said, some things we need to reap because we've sown them, um, which is so true. It's, it's a universal law. Uh, uh-huh. You don't have to be a Christian. You don't have to That's believe right. in God. Everybody reaps what they sow. It's called karma. You can call it the law of sowing and reaping. But you will. What goes around comes around. It's all the same thing. All the same thing. When you uh, eventually you will reap what you sow, and so um, that is so. Awesome. Forgiveness is is the key. And uh, I'm jotting that topic down because that may be a three part series because we need to learn how to forgive uh, so much. Uh, so many people, and, and forgive ourselves for so many things, uh, because when we learn to forgive ourselves, then we it, we find it easier to lavish forgiveness on others. Do you have any last remarks, Pastor? I am so excited that you uh, agreed to be on tonight. Hey, hey, man, I, I just want to say thank you for having us on, or having me on. My wife didn't show up, but next time you call us, she will. Um, she did show up. She, you are, you are what, husband and wife, so she is with you in spirit. So, Amen. We we are one. We are yes. one. So we, yes. we we do appreciate you know the invitation. You know, and um, any time we can share. You know, I mean, um, we want to do that because I, I know your show is you know is a, is a very broad audience. You know, Christian and non-believers, mm-hmm. but that's okay though because even the non-believers they need to hear the Christian perspective. Yes, yes. And give us. You have a fantastic show. Give us that information right now. 
Amen. Our show is TV Ministries Gospel Hours. You can go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash TV Ministries. We're on Saturday mornings at 10.30 a.m. Central Time. That's 11.30 a.m. if you're in the Eastern Time Zone. But we do shows from a Christian perspective, and, you know, but I believe there are shows anybody can enjoy. Yes, it is. And you all have some fantastic, fantastic topics on every Saturday. Uh, when you have a chance, tune in to TV ministry. You will be blessed, you'll be encouraged, and you will be inspired to live the abundant life that is promised. Thank you so much, Pastor. I will follow up with you later and try to get back on your schedule for some topics that I uh, that you just gave me, that forgiveness topic. We're going to talk right. about that. All right. Thank you so much. I'm going to mute you out, and you have a fabulous weekend, okay? Thank you. God bless. Okay, bye-bye. If you are just joining us, we have had a phenomenal show once again. We've come to the end of the road for our We've Got Love on Our Mind theme this month for February. We have been talking about encouraging, inspiring you how to find healthy relationships, love relationships uh, with your uh, companion and with the person that you intend to marry. Wow, we have had a phenomenal month, and I am going to cry because we've come to the end of the road. We had a great segment all month, the Much Love Moment, and they are on the line. But we're going to take a brief commercial break for about one minute, and then we're going to come back and have who I call Blog Talk's power couple, Shelby and British Hill, on to wrap it up the month of healthy relationships with their much love moment. Be back in about a minute or so. Man, I've been trying to call her all day. Where's she at? This is the fifth Christmas that he promised that we were going to spend together, and here I am alone. He told me he was going out of town this weekend, but he never wants to tell me where he's going. It's funny. He always has to know where I'm going. Uh, it's the holiday once again. Trying to call her, she's not answering her phone. I wonder where she could be. Hmm. Let me go see. I am sick and tired of this. I am worth more than that. Author Tanya White reveals the secrets to having healthy, productive, and long-lasting relationships in her new book, Relationship Reruns. How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship. Being trapped in a relationship rerun is extremely frustrating and emotionally draining. If you find yourself in an irritating cycle of unwanted, unsatisfying, and unhealthy relationship patterns year after year, then this book is sure to break the chains that keep you bound to having the wrong people in your life. The brand new book, Relationship Reruns, How to Break the Cycle of Choosing the Wrong People for the Right Relationship, and also how to deal with the difficult woman is now available by logging on to www.tanyawhite.com. Once again, that's www.tanyawhite.com. Pick up your copy today. today. You just gotta love Mary J for that song. No more drama. That's what we've been talking about all month long. You can have healthy drama-free relationships, hey, visit every archive that we had this month. And right now we have one of my favorite couples in the entire world on the line who is going to share 
their much love moment, Mr. Shelby and British Hill. Hello. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Tanya. Hello. Hello. How are y'all? We are wonderful. Thank you. How are you? I am saddened, my couple. We've Why? We've our last much love moment for the month of February. Oh. Yes, and it we're is. Gonna have to, we're going to have to talk about something. Having <laughs> you back or something. And we we're going to need you at least once a month or something. Yeah. This yeah. Has been phenomenal. Well, we thank you. Thank you. And, of course, you know, it's because Tanya White provides such an amazing platform with such an awesome audience. It is you, my dear, that uh, we should be applauding, truly. Absolutely. I mean, Tanya, you put together an incredible production for the month of February. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're, we're just happy to be a part of it. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Listen, I have, I have people helping me and giving me great insight and advice, but Listen, I just want to say a special thank you to you all for taking the time each Thursday and Tuesday when we had the little technical difficulties. We get emails all the time about the much love moment, and that's why we're going to have to talk about it being a frequent segment. Keeping the much love often, huh? Hey, listen. <laughs> we're gonna, we love my, the much love. We love our people going to call your people, and we're going to work it out. There exactly, you go. Exactly. There exactly. there it is. It has been said. It's done. <laughs> Listen, so we want you to talk slow today because you have a few more minutes. We've been talking about divorce today. Awesome show, awesome guests who shared some very sensitive information and about divorce. One sister was married to a preacher who was on the down low and just awesome show. And so we're going to wrap it up. How can one find love in life again after divorce? Well, yeah, that's a really good topic. Yeah. Absolutely. I wish I had had the opportunity to listen to the whole show. I was on another uh, call myself, but it is definitely a, a very important topic. And I know my husband and I, you know, Shell and I kind of, of course, prepared and talked and said, and we really wanted to be able to share things from the heart right. um, and what we have learned in life. So, I'll go ahead and kick it off um, with a few tips on how to really, you know, have a meaningful and happy life after divorce. And uh, my husband will, of course, share as well. So we have five tips for today. And the first is uh, don't play the blame game after divorce. Um, The truth of the matter is that the decision really has been made. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are, you know, if, if we are now at a point where it is a de- final divorce or you are in the process of being divorced, it is it is done at that point. And so by blaming him or blaming her about why the divorce occurred, it doesn't help anyone. Mm-hmm. It keeps everybody in, as coaches, what we call uh, catabolic energy, it's a lot of negative energy around. The kids get affected. The you know friends, family, work. It just doesn't move us forward. So instead of blaming him or blaming her, I recommend that you know you ask uh, for awareness or ask for you know wisdom so that you can learn the lessons from the experience because there is a lesson in everything. Mm-hmm. So ask, you know, why, what is it about that relationship? What is it that I am to learn from that relationship that was not to be one forever? But yeah. don't blame each other. Yeah. Really respect the decisions that been made. Number two, um, 
don't take the baggage with you. And the only bags I recommend we take, ladies, are, you know what, are Louis Vuittons and Gucci's. Mm-hmm. Take those. Leave the rest of the emotional baggage right at home, okay? Don't bring it into your new life. Um, and I say that jokingly, you know, take, don't, in other words, don't take your emotional baggage because what happens is we take those, you know, experiences that we've had that may have been very painful, upsetting, and then we bring it into today and then we even oftentimes carry it in tomorrow meaning that we can start perhaps new relationships with with people and we are already counting them down and out okay mm-hmm. we're already saying what well, you're going to do what my husband did my ex-husband did or you're going to be just like my ex-wife mm-hmm. so we're taking that baggage so don't do that really do your best to you know through prayers through meditation through you know coaching whatever console whatever you need to do so that that baggage stays where it is and again learn the lessons and leave the bags there and the, the uh, baggage last, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. baggage is very important mm-hmm. that's why I wrote the book relationship reruns because we go back in the same relationship yeah. with a different face that's right that's right absolutely And then um, the third one I want to share is do your absolute best Mm -hmm. to remain open to love. Remain open to love. I've seen too many situations, and, you know, I work with women, so I'll speak for women, but I've seen just too many situations, Tanya, where um, a woman has had a really – tough experience in her marriage it ends in divorce and um she shuts down to love and she said and then because of the baggage because it really is linked to the fact that she's still bringing those bags with her um she's afraid so now she becomes defensive she becomes bitter she blames all men she can't trust that's not you know what what was does not necessarily mean it will be Right. So be open to love. Don't allow the experiences uh, to taint your view of marriage as a whole. Mm-hmm. And uh, when if you do that, then you know you'll, you you can find good love and happy love after divorce if that's what you want. Take some time for yourself. Get to know yourself a little bit more. I always say. Women should, you know, really, and men really, find the support that you need in order to recover in the most healthy, effective manner. Yes, I'm so excited. I know around our community we have uh, support groups called Divorce Recovery uh, because the divorce rate is so high, uh, and whether we agree with it or not, it's happening. It is what it is, and after divorce, people need to rebuild. And so there are uh, some divorce recovery groups to show you to transition and to rebuild those pieces so you can be whole once again and, uh, and find love in life after divorce. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, great, great book, Relationship Reborns, Tanya, and, you know, the divorce rate is climbing, uh, especially in the African-American community. And, yeah. uh, you know, I recently wrote an article, you know, mm-hmm. African-American marriages and relationships need a lifeline. And um, so I'll forward that to you, and hopefully somehow you can, you know, share it with your, your audience. And, you know, hey. because we, we do, There's, there is... There's support out there that we we can utilize to help enhance and save our marriages, and you know, and, and so it's something that we really need to to, to needs to be brought to the surface, and uh, yeah. yeah, we need to really uh, exercise them. So, with that being said, uh, to kind of round off the the top five, you know, one of the fourth tips that uh, I like to share is uh, 
you know, make a choice. You know, make a choice to survive or thrive uh, after your divorce. And you know, obviously, getting divorced it, it ranks pretty high among the most painful experiences in life. Yes. And um, you know, they and, say and it's worse than death. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, because the person is still there. At least with death, it's painful, but you know where they are. Exactly. Divorce. It's like a lingering. Whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, it's almost a lifetime of healing if you ever yeah. heal. Yeah. You know? So it is a it is a it's an ongoing process. And the truth of the matter is, you know, getting divorced or separated, it doesn't it doesn't mean that you're doomed in relationship in the relationship arena. You know, right. It, it it just doesn't. And so that's a part of making it a choice to survive or thrive. Um, it doesn't mean that you're doomed. It's totally up to you as an individual, the woman or the man. You can choose to simply just survive and get through your divorce and say, hey, you know, it's done. We've gone our separate ways, and that's it, if that's mm-hmm. what you choose to do. Or you can choose to learn from it and set the bar higher and, and, and choose to thrive in your next relationship. And, and when the opportunity presents itself to connect and marry again, you can learn from that previous experience, and now you have wisdom. And you can enhance your new experience with your new partner. And mm-hmm. so, you know, use it for what it's worth and, and, and grow from it. And, and don't allow yourself to be the victim. Yes. You know, so choose to survive or thrive. And tip number five, oftentimes when, times when you talk about divorce, you know, we have kids that are involved. Exactly. And, you know, keep the kids, the, the, the main part of this tip is keep the kids out of the crossfire. Mm-hmm. Um, kids, uh, you would think that as adults, we would do our best to keep our kids out of the crossfire, keep our kids out in the middle of parents divorcing, and and unfortunately, far too often, you know, kids are caught up right in the middle of it, where you know one parent or both parents are trying to make the kids decide who they want to be with, which parent they want to be with, or they're spying on the other parent and making the kids spy on the other parents and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and trying to help them, trying to make them determine a loyalty, and it's so unfair. Unfair. You know, it's so unfair. It's, 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 it's not right for the kids. They didn't, they didn't decide, they didn't make the decision to be here or be in that situation. So keep the kids out of the crossfire. It's between the parents. The parents make the decision. You know, the parents create the situation. Keep mm-hmm. the kids out of it, and so, um, and and that would be tip number five to to those out there that are in divorce or you know in the process of it. As always, <laughs> Shelby in British Hill, practical, helpful yeah. knowledge. Um, I just appreciate you all so much. Oh, I we appreciate we appreciate you too. Absolutely, Tanya, and you know we definitely are open to. Uh, connecting with you once or twice or however many times a week to, to of course, continue to grow your audience and, of course, to continue to share uh, whatever knowledge and wisdom that we have that, you know, we can pass on. We are so, so open and willing to doing that. That's right. You all have great knowledge, and I am going to take you up on that. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I love, I love just, just, uh, just connecting with people who get it and, and, and honest about it and willing to share. But I want you to share your contact information, your uh, your website, whatever you can, in about two minutes. 
Okay. No problem. And this is actually a um, a real good segue because, you know, one of the things I realize I see often is that women need uh, support after divorce and, and, quite frankly, support throughout their lives, even when things are going well. It's good to be in a personal growth program and have a coach and things of that sort. So I would like to invite your audience to uh, check out my Compass Coaching uh, Network, and which is the organization I work with where we offer coaching to women for as low as $39 a month, so it is very affordable. And uh, we have a 10-day trial that's going on, so you can kind of check out our monthly action plan program where you can make significant changes in your life in just a few minutes a day through the monthly map, as it's called. Mm-hmm. And you can learn more about that by visiting my website, and here's the web address. It is uh, www.mylifecompass.com slash British. So it's M-Y-L-I-F-E-C-O-M-P-A-S-S dot com slash B as in boy, R-I-T-I-S-H. All right. I'll put it up in the chat. As for me, Tanya, um, baby, are you done? Uh-huh, absolutely. Oh, okay, awesome. For me, Tanya, what I have going on is I'm in the process of writing a book as well. And, um, right Phenomenal. Now, <laughs> I wish I had some clapping effect. I was going to ask y'all when y'all was going to write a book. I know. Together. We probably will eventually write one together. No, oh my no question about it. No question about you it. You know I love to read. Go ahead. Uh, well, you'll, hopefully, I know you'll, enjoy, you'll appreciate this book. Right now, it's just called the Relationship Book Product Project, mm-hmm. and, and what I'm asking for is for your listeners, you, Tanya, your friends, anybody you can think of, I'm looking for people to submit stories, uh, relationship stories, um, about uh, a, a story, share a story in a 500 to 800 word essay, and share your story about you know whatever type of experience you've had regarding a relationship. It could be romantic, heartbreaking, educational, toxic platonic, sexually charged, whatever it is, but I want you to share your story and submit it to me, and you can submit that to getgoodrelationships at gmail.com. And, you know, there's my website, getgoodrelationships.com. Um, it's a social group. You're more, anyone's more than welcome to join. But we're looking to get stories about relationships, real relationships, authentic stories, and submit them to us. And then what we're going to do is we're going to uh, go through them and select about 100 of them and we're going to print them, and, and um, you know, people will be able to get their stories published and, mm-hmm. and all that wonderful stuff. So it's a great opportunity. It's a great project, and so far we've had a lot of uh, great response behind it. Phenomenal. Send me information on that. I would definitely put it in my uh, weekly uh, newsletters and all those great stuff. I may submit something, but it's going to be the now, Tanya, not the before, Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want everybody to know that. I understand. <laughs> I'm like, so anonymity is important, so if you if you want to be anonymous, that's fine. <laughs> oh, I have to, I don't know. I, I'll share it. It's called Get Good Relationships. I, I got them now, and I'll share now. But thank you all so much once again. We have been enriched and enlightened by our much-loved moments all this month. Uh, and so we just look forward to working with you again and again and again. Looking forward to it. Oh, nine. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Very good. Looking forward. Looking forward. All right. You all have a fabulous weekend. I will follow up with you later. Sounds good, Tanya. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll talk with Tanya White. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.
We have had a phenomenal show once again, talking about divorce uh, and bouncing back, finding life again. We had phenomenal guests. We had phenomenal guests all this month. Uh, so check out the archives. March is going to be crazy mad. We got 13 shows. Check out TanyaWhite.com to find out who's going to be on there. One thing I will tell you that Miss Cora from Tyler Perry's Plays, Tamla Mann is going to be on here. Uh, Martha Menizzi, Kiki Wyatt, we finally got that rescheduled. A host of other sisters. Our theme is helping every woman to achieve uh, every dream through conquering every life issue. So it's going to be phenomenal. Pray for us, sister. We, we're going to have bonus shows all throughout the month. Join us Sunday. We're going to have a musical, a showcase of slow songs. Everybody wants me to unleash my DJ because they say I play good music. So we're going to do that Sunday, March 1st. Check out the blog talk about that. And um, just take away, Tanya's takeaway for this month of healthy relationships. Relationships do not have to be drama-filled. You need to find out who you are to build healthy relationships because a healthy relationship begins with a healthy you. And when you do find a person who you want to marry, it's not about sex. It's not about acceptance. It's about two whole people coming together to build a whole relationship, create a whole marriage, and inspire a whole world with hope through their faith, through their love, and so that their whole community can be affected. So when you decide to be in a relationship, you must be whole. And when that occurs, I want you to watch and see how people's lives change because you decided to take the time to become whole so that you can attract a whole relationship. Again, join us all month long. We're going to be here every Thursday in March, but we also have some bonus shows on Sundays and Tuesdays. Join us Sunday for our special musical showcase at 6 p.m. Kiki Wide interview Monday at 5 p.m. March 3rd, we're going to have a special but serious show dealing with sexual abuse and domestic violence. Then next Thursday, we're going to talk about self-esteem. We're going to have a self-esteem queen, Don Johnson, and uh, um, uh, Dr. Tanisha Ford talking about self-appreciation and sisterhood from Sandra Mills. Uh, and then Tamla Mann will be on the 8th, Martha Menezi on the 17th. Uh, we're trying to get Omar to read to help the sisters handle your business. He has a phenomenal, phenomenal book out right now called The Equation. Oh, don't forget Hassani Pettiford will be here the 22nd talking about his new book, Why We Hate Black Women. Dr. Tart, we're still trying to get him uh, to come back, but we have uh, just a magnificent month month of March. Uh, our theme is every woman. Every woman uh, will conquer every issue so that they can achieve every dream. We're going to close out with one of my favorite songs because uh, we're talking about healthy love. And this is the type of love that I aspire to have with my uh, companion, uh, life partner. And it's by Natalie Cole, Our Love. She says, Our love will stand tall as the trees. Our love will spread wide as the seas. And when you have healthy, whole love, that is exactly, exactly what it will do. Uh, thanks once again for everyone who was in the chat. I didn't get to say your name. We ran over. But thank you so much for tuning in to Real Talk with Tanya White. Uh, join us every Thursday. Once again, if you want to become a sponsor, check us out. Send me um, 
uh, an email at realtalk at tanyawhite.com, um, and then we'll we'll uh, get that information over. Uh, but right now, we are trying to find it. Uh, we're going to play Our Love by Natalie Cole. Um, hold on. We're going to find it. We're going to close out because that is my song, and that is what we need to do. Uh, Our Love by Natalie Cole. When you have whole love, when you're a whole person, this is how your whole love will be. All right, love you all. Talk to you Monday, March 1st, for our Slow Jams theme. Yeah.